This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please, don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, please, you please, don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos, and welcome to Don't Let This Flop a podcast about TikTok and internet culture brought to you by Rolling Stone. So EJ, this podcast was your your idea. Can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to do this? I don't know why you want to pin it on me. <laughs> <laughs> you are our like TikTok reporter though. I know, but if it you, if it flops, then you know who's going to get the it's blame. It's on the record for it. now. <laughs> it's on the record. Yeah. Yeah, so basically I just I mean we both spend so much time on TikTok. And I find that in my capacity as an internet culture reporter, I'm constantly asked to explain things that are going viral on TikTok. And, you know, this can be from anyone asking, like, who is Addison Rae? Like, what is Charlie D'Amelio? Um, what's splashing, as we'll talk about later? <laughs> um, so I just figured that I had never heard of a podcast um, that sort of explained internet culture trends for olds. Yeah. Because olds want to know about the internet too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you and I are olds. Not even just, I feel like there's like so many, it is very much like there are two Americas, right? Like it's like everyone has such like a different engagement with the internet and with like pop culture. And it's so fascinating to have the people that I know, or even like, you know, friends, like little siblings or things like that, who are like very invested in it. And then like have certain parts of the internet that they really care about. Like some who really care about like, the stars of TikTok and others who like are in a completely different version of it and have like a different language around it. So it's very fascinating to kind of like try to translate all the different forms of TikTok there are. So you mentioned sloshing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick off the podcast with, <laughs> with a fetish. So let's get into it. What, that what, sounds about right. <laughs> um, do you want to first give a quick definition of sloshing before we explain why we're talking about it today? So sploshing is basically it's it's this uh, it's this fetish uh, also known as wet and messy or WAM content and it refers to people who get off on watching people play with messy food like puddings, cakes, etc. Yeah. Um, and the reason why we're talking about it today is because Insider came out with a story a couple days ago about how Jason Derulo is inadvertently, question mark, possibly <laughs> intentionally making splashing content. Baby, oh, oh, just a little loco, like what's in Acapulco, I'm just riding away. Jason Derulo is so fascinating to me as, like, a pop star turned, like, actor using cats to, like, being now a huge, huge TikTok star. Like, his his ascent on TikTok has been one of the funniest, I think, celeb a sense on TikTok because it's just like, who knew he was like kind of funny, but also this invested in producing this much content constantly. 
he was an extremely early adopter, so yeah. I think he had the benefit of that. And he yeah. also was very savvy in terms of, like, he was very early to collaborating with emerging TikTok stars, yeah. like, especially during the pandemic. Like, you'd see him with, you know, Addison Ray, And, <laughs> like, how does Jason Derulo know Addison Ray? Like, are these people aren't, are these people, like, hanging out on a daily basis? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he was very savvy in terms of reaching out to a younger audience to try to expand his platform. Even outside of TikTok, he's already such a memeable star. Like, even in his early years, like, him saying Jason Derulo at the start of every song was such an early meme. And... Jason Derulo, Jason Derulo. Him falling down the stairs is like always comes up with any event, which is like Jason Derulo just fell down the stairs at like, you know, the Met Gala or also like, the thirst traps. Let's yeah, not the thirst, the thirst traps. traps. Yeah, Jason Derulo is hot. I mean, he didn't he basically say last year that they had to Photoshop his dick out of they cats. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, Jason Derulo has started this um, Millie Meal series, which is extremely popular, where he cooks with these really messy ingredients, and he mixes up whipped cream with melted chocolate and Oreos and marshmallows. He pours condensed milk all over a bunch of donuts. I like to get it inside the hole. And this is not like, I think it's important to note that this is like, this is not something he made up, right? Like, this is not something that's foreign to TikTok. These kinds of videos are really popular on TikTok and they tend to go really viral. They, they're they sort of packages like messy junk food hacks, but they're not really hacks because they're not particularly like yeah. useful. They're just kind of weird. I also, you know, if you go even further, like you look at um, BuzzFeed Tasty videos, things like that. Like I remember those things being on Facebook all the time. Like people would like share these kind of elaborate complicated kind of gross looking desserts constantly on like Facebook on Instagram like that was just like such a viral part of the internet before it became like the people doing it um or like the personalities kind of engaging with those like gross recipes yeah it's kind of been taken to another level I think largely you know because of Facebook videos and TikTok there are all these viral videos that you know go viral precisely because they're like kind of gross and weird and off-putting in a way that you can't quite put your finger on like there's this woman who took a Big Mac and she put it in a blender and then yeah. she froze it to make a pate. There's this video where a woman made spaghetti o pie. And it's so weird because they tend to feature like a lot of close-ups of hands and like weird whispering. It's like a kind of a combination of like ASMR and like gross out content. Yeah. And yeah. also like food porn. <laughs> okay. We're gonna add some ketchup. Now watch this. It's funny is actually when we were when you had brought this idea up or this like the topic, like I remember that I got like a a press package from Jason Derulo when he hit one of his like million follower accounts. I don't remember which one. This was like last year. And it was like a cake mix and a bunch of candy. And I still have the cake mix and the icing. I still haven't used it, but there's like a ton of candy and like stuff to like make my own Milla Meal. So so the insider comes out with this article. Um where they, they it's about Jason Derulo's TikToks and the Millie Meals. Um, and it's basically saying they cater to splashing fetishes. And this is something that has sort of been going around on TikTok. Like the idea that these weird food hack videos, like the spaghetti pie and, um, you know, the, the Big Macs. And th- that they sort of cater to these fetishes because of the aforementioned, like, whispering and and weird moaning and like close-ups of hands caressing the food um 
But basically, insiders saying like, oh, Jason Derulo is explicitly catering to these people and there are, you know, people that are getting off on this. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily tr- the case. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think almost anything can be a fetish. I'm of the belief that like there probably are people getting off to it, you know? That's like my, yeah, no, my default. I, <laughs> I, I think I think it's two different things, right? Like, I, I there is definitely rule thirty four exists. Like, yeah. if there's something on the internet, people are getting off to it. Oh yeah, right. But whether or not these videos are because these videos are getting millions yeah. and millions and millions of views, like there simply aren't enough splashing fetishists out there, yeah. nor are they organized enough in number <laughs> to bring those kinds of eyeballs yeah. to that content. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's, like, beyond that. It's, like, people find anything gross kind of fascinating, and they find, like, the weirdness of it fascinating. Like, I think of that one um, TikToker who always does the the waffle iron gross meals and, like, how it's more just, like, people are just so grossed out by the way that she's sort of, like, moaning and talking through, putting a bunch of zebra cakes in a waffle iron and covering it with syrup and being, like, oh, this is, like, the best thing I've ever had. And, you know, it's stuff like that. I think it's, like, also mostly people going to it because they are grossed out by it and find that fascinating. I mean, that's kind of the big appeal for so much of TikTok, right? Is like the ambiguity of like, who is this for? You know, like who is this content aimed for? Like who, who is like, who is the audience for some of it, which is kind of the funniest part about it. Maybe we're all secretly splashing fetishes. <laughs> maybe we all, maybe <laughs> this is us discovering that we all are super into splashing in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> And so another trend that has been happening is the lick trend. Um, what What is the lick trend, EJ? Yeah, so every few weeks, basically, in the news cycle, there's this uh, a new trend that gets written up as, like, here's the new and scary thing that teens are doing. And this one is the devious lick trend, which is basically just kids stealing stuff from their schools. Yeah and showing it off on TikTok. And it started out really small with face masks, but then the the meme sort of, you know, progressed where they would steal bigger and bigger things like soap dispensers, hand sanitizers, and then it kind of just developed like a life of its own. Yeah, yeah. It's so stupid for people to post that. It's just like kind of like insane that people are like willingly posting from their own accounts, like, I just stole a bunch of this stuff from my school. Like, schools aren't monitoring the content that their students are posting. Well, they are monitoring yeah. it because eventually, you know, TikTok blocked the hashtag. Yeah. There are these schools that are coming out and putting up statements, like, on Facebook saying that this constitutes criminal activity. And then there, this one guy um, at Drexler's puts up a recording of his school basically saying, stop doing this. For those who are participating, please know that when we do catch you, we will discipline you to the fullest extent and you will be arrested. And you will be responsible for any of the monetary damages that have been done. Again, this needs to stop. Are you pro lex or are you anti lex? I can't go in here and endorse that. <laughs> or like destruction of private property. And obviously like there are school janitors and, like, minimum, minimum wage workers who are, you know, going to have to pay the price for yeah. this. But at the same time, it's just shit, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, property. It's just, it's it's not actively hurting anybody. Yeah. And it is, 
it was funny while it lasted. But I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the stupidity of the stupidity of putting something up on TikTok and saying I stole like a urinal guard from my school and yeah. not thinking you're going to get called out on it is pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also just, like, students stealing stuff from school. I mean, that's just, like, going to happen no matter what, with or without TikTok. I mean, people were just, like, constantly competitively stealing stuff when I was in high school. Like, <laughs> Really? This is a thing? Yeah. I mean, like, it's just kind of to get a rise or, like, to, like, you know, piss off your teachers. Nothing, like, super big, but, like, you know, like, stealing pens slowly from your teacher's cup or, you know, kind of, like, taking weird supplies and things like that. It was always pretty small. Like, no one was trying to, you know, just steal like a but like a water fountain but like people were just like trying to get a rise out of their you know teachers and other students did you ever steal anything from school no I was um intensely nervous about doing that <laughs> I had a lot of anxiety as a child so I was not the one doing that but I did witness a lot of that um so I was probably an an accomplice in that capacity there's just like like there's not enough cool stuff in schools yeah. to steal. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you want to flex about, you know, bringing home a bottle of hand sanitizer? Like, okay. There was, yeah, there was one kid who um, would slowly, who would daily steal the donut on the teacher's desk while the teacher wasn't looking. And the teacher would get really mad and then move on. And then her donut would be stolen. She had a donut every day? Yeah. It was her thing to just, like, like, have a donut? She had a morning donut, you know? And then some kid would just like steal it every day I feel it was like pretty funny I feel like if your thing is to have a morning donut every yeah. day then you're kind of asking for it to be stolen yeah and it would have made a good a good tiktok to be honest like if we had tiktok it would have it would have made a good tiktok it would have made an amazing tiktok yeah I'm trying to think the the I do remember stealing um honey cough drops from the nurse's office yeah and that's um, like a useful thing yeah, it was it, it was a useful thing, and it was I was I was like compulsively a hypochondriac. Yeah, and I would just go and take a nap in the nurse's office like yeah. every day for no reason, <laughs> regardless of whether I was feeling well or not. Um, that's the that's the only thing that I remember stealing. That would be a lame TikTok. Like, look at these honey robitussin cough drops. <laughs> like, <laughs> your slowly <laughs> growing pile of cough drops in your home. <laughs> yeah, that I stole during my. <laughs> Daily nap in the nurse's office because I don't want to go talk to people in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> that would get a million views. I would I would double tap it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. I mean, I I just think it's silly. Like, I think it's silly how all of these trends are framed as like a scary. I mean, you know, we saw that we we saw this before TikTok. You know, like yeah. um, the jelly bracelets. With jelly bracelets. Yeah, that's old school. But yeah. like, um, I remember, I mean, I I feel like the moral panics have just gotten progressively worse as yeah. social media has evolved. Like, I remember one of the first stories that I actually wrote here was about the Momo Challenge. Yeah. Which was at the time going, the Momo Challenge, uh, for those of you who don't know, was basically, I can't fucking believe how stupid we all were, honestly, <laughs> that I, now that I'm thinking about this now that people took this seriously. But Basically, like, trolls would send children this photo of, like, a scary Japanese girl and who would encourage kids to cut themselves or kill themselves. And the, and the photo of the girl turned out to be, like, a weird sculpture that some outsider artist made. And obviously nobody was doing this in any capacity. Yeah. Um, but I just I just feel like these, you know, in times of anxiety or stress, this was, like, 
smack in the middle of the Trump administration, um, you know, these things just kind of pop up and yeah. it's just so cyclical and it just gets like worse and worse because parents are just so confused by what like their kids are doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like with like, I remember the early days of MySpace, like everyone, there was just like constant, constant panic over anyone using any information on there or like any sort of like engagement with social media. I think there's still so much like mystery around it when parents sort of engage with it or what their kids are doing on these things. And so some of it makes sense. And then some of it's kind of just like, I don't know, it's just an app. (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about that. Like, honestly, if your kid is posting TikToks of, like, a bottle of hand sanitizer, like, hey, check out this bottle of hand sanitizer I stole from, like, the school bathroom, then I would have a conversation with them about how lame they are yeah. and, like, how you're concerned. I'm so, sweetie, I'm concerned that you're too lame. And, like, not necessarily, like... Honey, your vibes are off. Your vibes are off. <laughs> your vibes are off. It's scary. Your like father and I want to talk about your vibes. I'm just waiting for you to like talk to your son when he's like 14 and be like, sweetie, your vibes are a little off. I basically do that anyway. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. So I, your, your licks, you know, your licks aren't devious enough. Your licks need to get more devious. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it, this will be over in like five seconds. If yeah. It's not already over. Like it's what's the big deal. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So a big part of this podcast is for us to like have a space where we can talk about the quote unquote weird niche stuff that we see on our For You pages. But there's also a side of TikTok that is more normy um, that we feel compelled to address. Yeah. Um, and that's straight TikTok. So, yeah. so Brittany, can you explain what straight TikTok is? I mean, straight TikTok is really the, the part of TikTok that I think the general public who aren't as... Um, deeply entrenched in scrolling through their for you page for hours every night think of tiktok as which is just like you know white teens doing bad dances um and a lot of those people are starting to really cross over so we have like addison ray charlie d'amelio and her sister dixie d'amelio um who are sort of three of the big personalities to break through on tiktok to get millions of followers early on um and to do a lot of the early viral dances that really made the app um, notable or made sort of people understand that this was an appealing thing for younger audiences. And then we have, you know, a lot of their boyfriends like Noah Beck and all of that sort of element of it, but we're not going to get into them because I don't think they have as much star power as the girls from TikTok have had. Um, and of course, Bella Porch, who is breaking through in music currently and is also part of that crowd and, um, you know, was able to sort of go past a lot of the just, just TikTok famous 
Yeah, straight TikTok is who I think of when I think of like who's on the front page of just Jared. Yeah. Um, like spotted at Saddle Ranch, like holding hands <laughs> with the, Noah Beck. They're the new like Gen Z brat pack. Yeah, that's a great way yeah. to put it. Kind of like um famous in the way that a lot of those early Disney stars were in the in the two thousands. You know, like when you think of um like the Jonas Brothers era of Disney when they sort of were that breakthrough of like teens doing things but also like that tabloid culture mix and they're the the product of that where they're on just jared all the time they're on tmz um you know they're just all over the you know the news now and there are a bunch of straight tiktokers who had really big years uh addison ray starred and he's all that the d'amelios have their own show now on hulu and earlier this week um dixie and addison attended the Met Gala, which was a big deal because it's traditionally this very stodgy event. And this was the first year that TikTokers were invited. So it was kind of seen as like this watershed moment for internet culture. So it seems like they're kind of poised to cross into the mainstream. And that certainly seems to be what their teams are positioning them to do. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you think that they will. I, I, it's one of those things where we've seen this success to varying levels before, right? Like we've seen it with YouTube was sort of that first kind of rush of people kind of moving to music or to film and television and things like that. There was more success in music for both YouTube and Vine where people were able to kind of showcase their singing a little bit more on those and like become uh, more successful. Like Justin Bieber, The Weeknd, Lana from YouTube, Shawn Mendes from Vine, the acting and everything kind of a little bit more risky um, historically with these. Musical.ly was like the one app in recent years that like could not produce a like major star, even in music. So I'm kind of fascinated because it seems like it's going to be the opposite with TikTok, where I am curious to see if like the music will take off the way that the like film and TV will for them. So like with Addison, her song Obsessed, which is a good song. I just want to go on record and say that I do love Obsessed by Addison Rae. I thought it was a great, great pop song. I'm obsessed with me as much as you. Say you die for me, I die for me too. And if I lost you, I still have me, I can't lose. When you say that you're obsessed with me, me too. But it didn't do well. People mostly made fun of it. It didn't pop off on the charts. It wasn't like a big hit. But he's all that. Huge on Netflix. It got her a Netflix deal. Um, so she's going to produce more movies with them. It's like perfect Netflix content too, which is just like, you know. You put it corny. on and you ignore it. Yeah. Corny teen rom-com with just like a bunch of hot people dancing and singing for no reason. And none of it, all the dialogue, none of it makes sense. And like weird cameos. So... Makeovers are my thing. When I first met him, he was 120 pounds of bad hair. Why don't you just make another Jordan? I will create the next prom king. You make it sound so easy. You don't think I can do it? No, but I do think it'll be fun watching you try. A bet? Oh. I'm in. Perfect Netflix content. I'm sure she'll have like a pretty moderately successful film career through like Netflix stuff if she kind of sticks with the like corny teen rom-com zone. Um, the D'Amelios, that reality show is like pretty good. I'm not sure if I'm as invested in continuing to watch past the two episodes that I did watch, but like, 
you know, it was not a terrible reality show. Like it was actually pretty fascinating, especially the way they talked pretty bluntly about the industry and about sort of their appeal and like, you know, lack thereof to different people. Um, I thought especially like Dixie, who also has a music career and her music career has also not taken off quite as much. Um, Her talking about the transparency of just like, she was invited to be in a studio and get a record deal. So she took it, (laughs) you know, like she was just like, I just did it. Like who wouldn't do it? Um, That was pretty fascinating to me because I think the music industry puts a lot of weight on the authenticity of, you know, performing in like, you know, performing your bedroom and like, then going viral through that, like where hers was a little bit different than previous viral stars. Well, maybe we should break it down a little because because the way I see it, um, you know, there are three or four pop starlets, quote unquote, yeah. you know, who are poised to cross over from TikTok into yeah. the mainstream. Um, Addison Rae, mm-hmm. the D'Amelio sisters and Bella Porch yeah. is the last person yeah. who I sort of see in this Build category. Build a Bitch, also a great song. Build a Bitch fucking rocks. Yeah. It fucking rocks. I play it on our Alexa all the time. Yeah. But I guess let's start with Addison. Like, so Addison had Obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, great song. Which I just, you love. I want the people to know. But it flopped. Yes, certainly did. Yeah, I, I think Addison's team is sort of more aggressively trying to position her as more of a personality than a musician. Right. Than an artist um, versus Dixie, who, you know, has kind yeah. of gone all in on music. Because, yeah, I don't think Addison even has, like, a label. But she did work with um, Benny Blanco, who is a pretty big name in... um, And she's dating a huge producer right now. Who is she dating? She's dating Omar Fetty. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like she was just kind of trying it out. Yeah, and she also... I mean, this year she also had the beauty line. Yeah. And and she had He's All That and the Netflix deal, which... I really enjoyed. I thought it was great. It was a perfect, you know, like you said, it was the kind of thing yeah. that Netflix is really well suited for, which you can just put it on and you can ignore it in the background. Yeah. And it was also like very well suited to her talents. You know, like there was all this press in the lead up to that movie coming out being like, this is terrible. She can't act like she's embarrassing herself. And she got a lot of hate for it. Um, you know, people rightfully said this is an opportunity that should go to somebody who's worked harder and who is more deserving. And I think that's a fair criticism, but I, I mean, I thought she did a fine job. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hate the film. I mean, I didn't think that she was like great, but I also don't think the script was good at all. Like the script was truly terrible. Um, and I think she did the best she could with like what she was given. (laughs) So I think that was kind of like the issue, right? Like, I don't think it was necessarily her fault, that it was, it's just, like, the script itself was just so, like, corny and, like, so, like, every line was predictable. But, like, that's just a Netflix film, too. It was a vehicle for her. It yeah. was very clearly a vehicle for her design to showcase her talents. And you can, you know, you can argue about the extent of her talents. Yeah. I think she's, you know, a, a serviceable dancer, a serviceable singer. She did both. Yeah. Um, You know, serviceable acting. Yeah, she does, like the hosting stuff, like, you know, she just appears places. Um, she's kind of gotten a little bit of the, she's gotten the Kardashian seal of, seal of approval and been on the Kardashians. Like she's kind of just playing her self everywhere, which yeah. is smart, which is really the smartest way to do it is to like make yourself so present that people can't help, but actually learn your name instead of you being like that girl from TikTok. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, if we were supposed to gauge, 
the crossover, you know, the chances of crossover success. I think she's the most obvious contender. Yeah, she'll stick around for a little bit. I don't know. It's, I don't think that she's even necessarily that. Um, how do I put this? Like, I don't think she's like a a hated personality, but I don't think she's like necessarily a beloved personality quite yet. I think she's just like of interest to people. Like, I think people are still trying to figure out what's going to happen with all of the TikTokers who have become super famous over the last couple of years and like where they're going to go with it in the same way that they were observing what was going to happen with like the Vine stars. And some of them stick, stuck around. Some of them are nowhere to be found now. And so I think that's kind of what, I think that's the point we're at, right? Like I, I think she has like the fandom there that do care to a point, but she's not like, you know, uh, Justin Bieber at like the like start of his fame, right? Like post YouTube where he's just everywhere and beloved. Um, I think people are just kind of like curious what's going to happen next. Yeah. I mean, there, there was this interesting poll that came out um, a couple days ago about like the approval ratings for various TikTokers. Yeah. And it turns out like most people don't like any of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody knows who Addison is, but you know, her approval rating is much lower than her name recognition level. Yeah. Even, even if you think like, again, like the, I keep bringing up the Kardashians because she's like connected with Courtney and all of that. And like, even more like one of Courtney's old dresses to the Met Gala, but like, there's such like a perfect kind of combination because that's the same thing. Like, it's like people were just kind of curious what was going to happen next with the reality show. Like, would that actually help bring them more fame? And it did like it worked like it, like, you know, it's made them like household names. Like what's going to happen next with someone like Addison, who is still kind of people still don't really know why she's famous. Like Charlie has more of that impact on the Gen Z audience that I think people thought Addison does or did. Like, I feel like Charlie has like a little bit more of like, I feel like people see her as a little bit more relatable and you kind of see that in the show. Like, she seems, like, kind of quiet and, like, very much like a 16-year-old girl kind of – she just, like, wants to do her little dance competition and is tired of dealing with people telling her that she, like, can't dance on TikTok. And so, I you know, I feel like that seems a little bit more, you know, I feel like she has a little bit more of that social influence maybe, but I don't know. I'm not – yeah, 16. Addison's definitely more of a glamour puss yeah. than either of the D'Amelio sisters are. Um, and has and Addison has definitely positioned herself that way more than the D'Amelios have. Um, I mean, with the Hulu show yeah. in particular, I mean, the whole point of the Hulu show is kind of to, you know, if, Anna, if, if Addison is, sorry, this is such a millennial reference, but like if Addison is Angelina Jolie, like, the D'Amelios are Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. You know, like they're relatable. They're, you know, they struggle with anxiety and, and depression and mental yeah. health issues. And um, I don't know how, how successful do you think the show is at, at doing that? Cause I, I have my own opinion, but I, I want to hear your opinion. At like addressing mental health issues and. No, no, no. And making just, them seem relatable. Oh, making them seem. Um, I would say it's moderately successful. Like, I feel like I felt more for them than I anticipated feeling for them. And I think there's a much different approach than a lot of, like, famous family reality shows of yesteryear. Like, where it's not, like, putting them in these weird situations and, like, trying to, like, make them kind of comedic and, like, silly. Where there's a heaviness to the show that I wasn't anticipating. Um, and, you know, I was, I was, like, genuinely struck by, like, at the end of episode one, I think, when Dixie is sobbing because everyone's just like 
all the comments they got in her Vogue video, which I did not expect to feel something for someone who was commenting over or who was crying over comments they got in a Vogue video. But like, I did. I felt very like struck by it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I cared a little bit more, but I don't think not a, not enough that I want to keep invested in it. Like, this is not a must-watch show for me. Um, I'm, I've learned enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what was really striking to me about the show and what sort of, you know, all of these girls have in common is TikTok is very good. There was this piece in, in Vox about how TikTok sort of rewards mediocrity. Right. Um, you know, prioritizes the algorithm prioritizes, you know, bland, you know, blandly attractive, you know, moderately talented young white women and and rewards that because it kind of appeals to like the lowest common denominator. And I couldn't help thinking I, 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 I kept thinking about that while watching the show because it was clear to me that these and this is not a knock on them necessarily. But these were two young women who should not have been famous, like should not have been thrust in the limelight, were not equipped for that, like not even necessarily in terms of talent. Like, I, I think that I think that Charlie is talented. Yeah, I, I, I think she's a great. I mean, especially watching her, but the footage of her dancing outside of TikTok, I thought that she is a, a great dancer. She's a great dancer. Um, yeah. I don't think she gets enough credit for that, actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't think TikTok is the best showcase for... Um, yeah, because it's only waist up. <laughs> it's only waist up. I mean, it's only waist up, but also, like, the very white girl brand of dancing that happens on TikTok is not a very good showcase of, like, actual dancing. <laughs> you know? Like, it's, like, it's very different. There are different approaches to dancing that happen on TikTok. And, like, the... Again, very to America's like what the white girls do on TikTok is like not not dancing. It's like hands, hand movements. Yeah. And so seeing Charlie actually dance in a studio was very fascinating because I had no idea that she had that in her. I didn't even know she was like a dancer by trade. Like I didn't know that was something that she was doing prior to TikTok. Yeah, I, I think she's very talented, but constitutionally, I don't think either of them are really equipped to be in the spotlight no. the way that they are. She's, I mean, she's extremely introverted and she keeps reiterating that. Yeah. And, you know, Dixie has a lot of anxiety and there's this, there's this moment at the end of the first episode where she's just sobbing over these mean comments on Vogue, which honestly, you know, the cynic in me thinks that she probably staged that moment to some degree because yeah. of course she anticipated that. I mean, these girls get hate yeah. constantly. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, it was clearly, you know, genuine. And I think that she did her fan base a service by by showcasing it. Yeah. And it just made me think, like, this, like, what would have happened to these girls if TikTok hadn't existed? Like, yeah. why, why is TikTok selecting these young women in particular and thrusting them into the spotlight when they're clearly not equipped for it? Yeah. And what's going to happen to them in a few years? You know, like, yeah, you could tell that they're both a little bit tired of everything that comes with it. And so it's like, how long does this particular set type of fame last? And as we've seen in the past, um, it really depends on what you do with it and how much you want to, like, um, maintain a certain level of clout and of celebrity. And it seems like neither of them want to maintain that part of it. So, 
Yeah, and Dixie is, like you were saying earlier, Dixie is very clearly following, like, an engineered path to stardom, like, more explicitly than any of the other women yeah. that we've talked about. Like, she basically got famous because of her sister and, you know, was offered the opportunity to have a recording contract regardless of whether or not she'd expressed interest the, in it before. The Haley Duff of our time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I would argue Haley's more talented. Well, yeah, we, we, everyone would argue. I mean, God bless the Duff's. We saw her in Napoleon Dynamite. And Legally Blonde on Broadway. Yes. But, um, and and you just see, you know, this painstaking effort to take this, you know, very attractive, you know, not particularly talented young woman and, and craft her into a star. Like, she has all these resources. She's getting voice lessons. Oh, yeah. I miss my baby. I miss my baby. Where did he go? Where did he go? She has like this A and R rep who has this like frozen grimace on her face as she tries to like. <laughs> and that's the thing too, right? Like it's like it's not unusual for the music industry to turn someone who can't sing into a mega mega pop star. That has happened before. Look at Camila Cabello. I said it. Yeah. Look, look at Jennifer Lopez. You know, like you we, said it. we can do like, it can happen, but like the thing that is missing, which I found fascinating that they even talked about in the show is that that story that sort of propels that person to a certain level of, um, you know, I don't even want to say like necessarily authenticity in this respect, but like a certain level of like endearment to the public is missing from that. And so that's making it more challenging for her and for Addison and pop. I mean, I feel like Bella Porch, I feel like people just like, like more. And so I think she might be fine, but like Bella Porch, I am so excited about Bella Porch's career. Yeah. And I think she's doing, she's like going for it. Like she's really like, that song is great. The video is amazing. Um, and she just has like a little bit more of that kind of command of being a pop star than Dixie definitely has. And that, that Addison like could have, but it didn't seem like she's like pushing that hard for it. Well, Bella Porch is interesting because Bella, you know, of the three people that we're talking about, Bella had quote unquote the least reason yeah. to become famous. Like Bella, Bella Porch is, uh, she has the most watched TikTok of all time, yeah. which is the M to the B. Yeah. video where she basically is just bobbing her head hypnotically in like yeah. a really cute way and you know when that went viral everybody was like why is she famous why is she famous why is she famous why is she famous like why are we watching this why are we watching this which kind of to some extent they said about charlie but charlie you know charlie at least you could tell that she had dancing talent yeah. and dance and like went viral because of that bella was literally just bobbing her head yeah like <laughs> yeah. that was that was how she like being cute and bobbing her head. Yeah. And that is how she got famous. But then, you know, she gets this opportunity as a result of going viral for this ridiculous reason. And it comes out that she's actually, like, super talented and, you know, had done all these covers in the past. And, yeah. like, is a pretty good singer. Picking up the pieces, you just want to leave them killing me a little bit. And I hate the way you love me. And I hate that I still can. It's sort of like the reverse uh, effect of what you were talking about earlier with, like, you know, this natural, genuine talent, you know, going viral yeah. on YouTube and, like, being fashioned into a star. Like, Bella sort of accidentally became a star 
for no reason for a perceived lack of talent. Yeah. But then it's discovered like, oh, actually, she's super talented and interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that has happened before. Um, not necessarily through social media, but I, if you think of like um, early Gaga, for example, I think people were quick to be like, this is like so fake. And so. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But when people found the videos of her playing piano when she was at NYU, like there was a ton of videos that went viral soon after the fame became really big where people were like, oh, she can actually sing and she can actually like write songs. And she was like, do when she was a singer songwriter around New York. So it's, you know, stuff like that does has happened, but through social media, because it's still inherently seen as like uh, a too easy route for people. Like, I think people don't realize how much work goes into a lot of it too. But like, I think a lot of people look at those social media apps as like being too quick of a way to fame for a lot of people. So if they're not necessarily showcasing immediately that they can sing and write, like you look at someone like Sean Mendez who six second vines. Now he's like one of the biggest pop stars in the world, but like he was like playing songs on it. Like people were like watching him cover songs, play guitar, like sing on vine. I was like a, like 12 or 13. He was like a baby then. Um, and like, that's sort of, you know, what makes the, the TikTok part of it fascinating to see if, a lot of these artists will, will blow up through it because they're not showcasing the same sort of like, I can play guitar, I can sing, like, look at me in my bedroom, like, you know, trying this out. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, like, what's going to happen long term with at least the music part of it. I think the acting, I don't know, Netflix makes it a little bit easier to do sort of like the like, everybody can get a netflix show yeah, I can, you and i can corn, get a netflix show yeah. right now if like we want it like the corn yeah we'll do um what what remake should we make <laughs> we'll do romeo and michelle remake oh god that'd be so fucking good honestly um yeah i mean i think it's also important to note that bella is a woman of color yeah like uh, all these other women that were you know addison and, and charlie and dixie are white and there's been so much discussion about how the tiktok algorithm you know prioritizes whiteness yeah um and you know bella bella's filipina yeah and i i think you know it's it says something it's kind of i i feel like her trajectory is kind of how tiktok is supposed to work yeah like in a weird way like elevating these people that you might not necessarily have seen before Mm -hmm. or like appreciated their talent um, and just kind of bringing them into the forefront. I mean, that's not to say that like she's not traditionally attractive and yeah. like young and and beautiful. And but um, yeah, I, I think she's I think she's really interesting. Yeah, I think she's gonna um, go kind of far. I'm kind of curious. I'm most invested in kind of seeing her music career from that perspective blow up, and I'm most invested in seeing Addison's film career blow up. Um, and I'm just really curious what Charlie's gonna do. That's the one, that's the, she is such a wild card to me of what she's going to do next. Because you would think, I I want her to dance. Like, I think she should, like, figure out how to dance for the rest of her life. But it's not as as cloudy as um, singing, being a pop star and singing or being, like, in a film is. I want her to go to, like, Bard and major in dance and, like, become a choreographer. Like, I I just want her to just, No one ever chooses it. I know. She just needs to, like, retreat. I feel so bad for her. Like, she needs to retreat from the public eye a little bit. She's clearly not made for it. She's so young. She shouldn't have to figure out her life, like, right this second either. That's the other thing. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for her to figure that out in the next, like, two years. And that sucks. 
Because we've seen this before. Yeah. So, you know, double-edged sword of being a teen superstar. (laughs) So at the end of our first episode, which means that it's time to crown our himbo of the week. Yes. Um, So each week we will be lovingly celebrating a himbo, crowning them as the most elite himbo on the app for a moment in time. And I wish we could send them little mini trophies, but my undying love (laughs) will have to last for at least one week. Um, So we'll usually do people who are on TikTok, right? People who are like posting videos, being himbo-y on TikTok. Um, But I really wanted to choose this person because... There's been so much good content, and I think also just my algorithm is feeding it to me um, a lot, is Jack Harlow, who is a rapper, um, very famously on Industry Baby by Lil Nas X. He is someone I can't tell if I find super hot, but I have decided maybe that I do think he's hot. Um, He's hot. He's hot. and I could be his mother, but he's hot. Yeah, so there were um, a couple of really good videos that I had gotten over the last week that made me fall in love with him. One was a video posted on the at rap account on there and someone was interviewing him and he was talking about how much he loves those little, like take a book, leave a book. Oh my God. That's such himbo behavior. I know. And then the interviewer asked where I'm from. I don't know if they have it out here. They have little boxes in public. You can open them up and there's little books inside. It's a little library. Yes. Take a book, put it back. Never done it. I just like walking past them. Can you read? Can you read? (laughs) (laughs) And you could tell she was very flustered. He was so confused as to why she asked that. And she was like, do you like to read? And he was like, yes, I do like to read. So that that was very, very cute. Why would you ask that? I think it was just like a misstep. But, you know, sometimes you're just like doing an interview and like you're just kind of like trying to think of a good follow up to something kind of maybe this happens more with like pop stars where you're just like trying to think of like a follow-up and off the cuff and you just say the wrong thing like it just seemed very genuinely like she said the wrong thing but maybe she also just thought he was genuinely dumb (laughs) maybe that was like her sort of freudian slip of like can you read but can (laughs) jack harlow can read um and another really good video was someone had posted did it basically my favorite kinds of videos are people are like choking on their own laughter, doing a live reading of something funny on Twitter, um, which is just like so, so stupid. But I love those videos. And this girl um, was reading back a Twitter exchange between Jack Harlow and a fan. OK, so I have to read this to you guys. So Ange said, Jack Harlow, there's no way you don't see my tweets about shows in New York. You see all of Milan's tweets. That means you see mine. You're so questionable. He said, I wasn't ignoring you. I just followed the instructions in your bio. New York soon. (laughs) And in her bio, it said, if you're white, do not interact. And that is very, very sweet himbo behavior. So I um, I may have fallen in love with Jack Harlow this week. I will keep you posted. I did not expect this development in my life, but he is now the himbo of the week in my heart. So congratulations, Jack Harlow. Congratulations, Jack Harlow. <laughs> I'm being himbo of the week. 
That's it for this week's Don't Let This Flop. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok. Brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Shelsey, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Matthew Whitehurst. And original music composed by Daniel Martzluft. <laughs>